gave me purpose, my provider. And when my enemies surround me, got me tied up. When they throw me in the pit inside the fire, you are my God and my king and my father. Light to my path in the darkness. Hope in my heart when they heartless father, you reach out and call us. You're the lover of my soul, love is flawless. They don't understand my goddess. Keeping me high, I know they go low. Cause me, I know, I know they solo. Cause my gyre and I make my tea. It's a man and ego. at Calvary. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody out in the house of the Lord one more time. Somebody, let's give God a praise offering for breaking us, bringing us here today, waking us up. Let's give God a praise offering. We just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for waking us up. Thank you for bringing us to church today. Amen. We are so glad to see you guys out in our worship service. And we're so glad to have you guys online, Facebook. 
we just want to say welcome to New Life at Calvary Church. And we just want to begin our service today with a little word of prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for um, bringing us here to church again one more time just to give you some praise, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. You have a good service in, so, in store for us today. Lord, we just ask you to just humble our hearts and speak to our minds today during our worship service and our songs of praise, Lord, as we're listening to our scriptures from uh, moving us to give offerings, Lord, from moving us to listen to the sermon, God. We just ask you just to humble us and help us to just walk with you today. Help us to listen to your Holy Spirit as you guide us and worship today lord we have a grateful heart it is harvest time and we are just so glad for what you're doing in our life and in our church lord we just ask you to just continue to just move our hearts lord towards you help us to just keep pruning all things that don't need to be in our hearts and just keep us lord looking to your light Lord, we say thank you for those that are in service, God, and those that are online. Thank you, Lord, for those that you are bringing to hear the word of God today. We ask you to encourage their hearts, Lord, today. Speak a word to them, God. Give those that need to hear a good word today. Speak the right words today. We say thank you in advance because you've done it before, and you can certainly do it again. So we just say thank you, Lord, for everything that you have in store for us this week everything that you walked through us in last week and we are grateful today God we may not have everything we want but we have everything we need and we need you Lord we need your love we need your word we need your compassion Lord we need our family Lord and we just say thank you Lord that even though we may not have all the fancy things in our lives we do we are thankful for what we do have and that is you so we just say Lord Bless our service today. Bless our efforts. Bless our tithes and offerings, Lord. And bless our time today in worship. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Is somebody ready to give God praise today? Amen. So once again, we just say thank you all for watching with us online. If you're online, you can just... Um, click and, uh, and give us a comment or a like or a thumbs up. You can give us a share so somebody else can hear the word of God today. And also, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we do have a guest car in the back. We're going to make you feel welcome because this is the warmest church in America. Amen. So we are getting ready to rise and stand on our feet. And we invite you to join us to give God some praise this morning.
Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Thank you, praise band. Thank you, praise team. Praise God. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you, God, for just being able to come to you and worship. Lord, we just say thank you that we are able to know you as God. Lord, Lord, we say thank you that we are able to just be able to come freely worship you, Lord. We are so thankful for everything that you have done for us and everything that you will do, God. God, we are just praying for those that need to hear a word from you today, God. We are praying for those that need to be a part of your church, Lord. They need to be a part of the body of Christ, God. We say thank you for those that reach out to those that feel lost in the world where they feel distant. But God, we just say thank you for those that are able to just spread the word of God today, God. We say thank you, Lord, for just the words that you're giving us and the the power that you give us through the Holy Spirit to just speak the right things, God, and to listen to others that may be down, that may feel lost, that may feel like they have a need, God. The scripture says, faith without works is dead. And Lord, we have much faith, but help us to do some more works in this world, Lord. Works of good, works of love, works of compassion, God. And we just say thank you, Lord, that you are equipping your people, equipping us as your church to go out into the world to love those and minister to those that need it, God. We are praying for those in need of finances today, God. Lord, it just seems like sometimes we can just always need more money. But God, we just say thank you for those of us that are able to help somebody else today with their needs, Lord. We are thankful for the things that we do have. We don't have everything that we may, that may be glamorized on TV or, you know, um, that people may talk about. But we just say thankful for what we do have. Lord, we just say thank you for the, the food bag ministry that we have here at our church. Lord, we just ask you to equip us to serve your people um, this upcoming week, God, and we just ask you, Lord, to just give us the right words to say to them, God. And Lord, we say thank you for the food that we do have through our food ministry and our hot meals. Lord, we are just thankful for the clothes that we have on our back. It is getting cold outside. And Lord, I am praying for those that need some warm clothes and a warm place, a warm shelter, Lord. We pray for those that may be out on the streets today, God. We are so thankful there are places that give help, but Lord, help us how we can help. Equip us how we can be equipped to help somebody else, to stay warm um, this fall. We are so thankful for the harvest season, Lord, the harvest that you have in store for us, not just um, with the things that we get in our life, but just in, in general, in our spirit, Lord. We're thankful for the harvest in our lives, in our spiritual lives, God, in our emotional lives, God. Some of us are not well emotionally, Lord. We are praying for those that need a healing, Lord, that need a restoration for those that need guidance and hope. We are praying for those that need comfort today, Lord. And God, we are also praying for our sermon series, Threaded. Help us to go out and just be in the world, in the world, but not of it. Grateful for those people that you bring into our lives. 
grateful for those that you want us to talk to. You want us to go out and, and meet with and do your will with God. We say thank you for our brothers and sisters of the church that may not look like us, Lord. May not think like us, God, but we ask you to continue to draw us together and draw us one as a nation, Lord. Draw us one together. This week is... Um, We've been talking a lot about elections this weekend. Just, Lord, we ask you to just give us the right people in office, Lord. Um, give us the right people in our... We need, a, we need a, a strong country, Lord. We need strong leaders. And we just say thank you for those that you are raising up for our country, Lord. So as it, election time approaches, Lord, give us the right insight. Give us the right people um, for election, Lord. Um, we are praying for those guys also that are maybe in prison today. We are praying for our prison ministry and we're praying for our sick and shut in. Lord, I pray for those in prison that um, you give them hope as well. Sometimes when we're sick in our bodies, we can feel like a prison also. But Lord, we just say thank you that you have a healing, you have a word, and your son Jesus died to give us an abundant life. Not just in the, in, the, in the sweet by and by, but today, God. We say today is a good day. Today we have victory today. Today we can look to you. Today we have hope. Today we have joy. Today we have the fruit of the Spirit, God. And we can live today in joy, peace, love, victory. Not a false hope, but a hope in you because you've done it in the past, God. And we know that you can do it again in the future, Lord. You've helped us before. You haven't brought us this far just to leave us, God. Lord, I'm praying for our youth and our young adults. We say thank you for those that you are drawing to our church and drawing to you, Lord. Encourage their hearts, Lord, and give them the strength that they need. Give them the thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you have equipped our young people with. We help us to bring those gifts out of them, Lord. And help us to just speak the right words to your young people as well, Lord. We know that you have a good plan for all of our lives, but we just say thank you for our youth today. We say thank you for our kids. We say thank you for our young adults. Thank you, Lord, for our teachers, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our educators, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing something good here at New Life in Calvary, God. And I pray for the city of Cleveland, God. I pray that we increase as a city, Lord, in our education, Lord. Help us, Lord, to just do, to, to get the right lessons. Help our kids to, to learn what they need to learn. Bring the right people in their past and move the wrong people out of their ways, God. And we ask you to strengthen our young people in faith in you. And God, we can't go on again without saying thank you, Lord, for everything that you have in store for us today as a church. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So we are going to recite our church purpose statement. So I would like to invite you all to stand with me and recite that. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship, I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with our gifts and talents. 
I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. You may be seated. And we're going to have Miss Ella Thomas, Elder Ella Thomas, read scripture for us today. Zechariah, um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, a man with a measuring line. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered, to measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. While the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel came to meet me, to meet him, and said to him, run. Tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it. The second reading is from Revelations, chapter 7, 9 through 12. Okay. The great multitude in white robes. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing a white robe, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They all fell down on their faces before the throne and worship God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to be our God forever and ever. Amen. You are blessed by the reading of his word today. Amen. Somebody, somebody tell me what time it is. It is offering time. And we say what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that we know that we have been blessed this week. Amen. Have y'all been blessed this week? Have y'all been blessed this week? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> well, today is the second Sunday. I believe it is. And our offering today goes to the prison ministry. So after our tithes and our offering, our per capita and our tithes, we do have an offering and it goes to our prison ministry. Now we do reach out to those that are in prison. Um, they do need help. They do need assistance and they are turning their lives around. Um, and that's wonderful to hear. And it's wonderful to be a part of. So we do support those uh, inmates that are incarcerated and we are hoping to see them soon. Amen. So we're not just sending our money. We're putting our time and our effort out too. So we are so blessed to be able to minister to our prison ministry. So after our uh, per capita in ties, we ask you all to uh, 
consider the prison ministry. So our ushers are going to come down, and we are going to pray. Lord, we just say thank you for the offering that you are we are giving today. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us in a mighty way this week. Lord, we ask you to just continue us to multiply what we have, Lord, as we give our first fruits to you. Lord, we are so thankful and we are just giving just a portion back of what you've given to us. The scripture says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse and we are doing just that. So we honor you today in our tithes and offerings, God, and we ask um, that you use this offering for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for those of you that are online, we have different ways for you to give today. You can give at nlac.tv and register there. You can cash app us at dollar sign, the number two, NLAC. We have other ways to give by mail or by dropping it off here at the church, 2020 East. 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Again, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. And we will now have some special music as you all give by Mr. Carrie Holland. What a friend we have in Jesus. And thank you again for giving.
Hallelujah. Praise your name. Thank you, Carrie, and praise Ben. Praise God, saints. How are you all doing? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are in a sermon series called what? Threaded. And what number are we on? Three. Good. Uh, Marcus Lloyd kicked us off with the first one. Amen. And that one was called The Journey. And then Pastor Antonio gave us last week's message, which was called what? Does anyone remember? Homing Beacon. Amen. And then today's message is The Destination. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we're going to watch a video. Because if you remember when Pastor Antonio concluded her message, I challenge you all to answer a question about what is your, the worst racism you ever experienced and why do you choose to love? And so each week we're going to show different parts of those people that uh, did the videotape. And today we're going to see uh, Rufus and Yvonne Sims. So let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you again for this day, Lord, that we are able to worship you, honor you, Lord, and declare to the world that you are God. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in our lives, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open us up to, ex to examine, Lord, what you would like us to understand better in our lives. Open our ears to hear the message you have for each of us today, and most importantly, Lord Jesus, open our hearts to receive you and your Holy Spirit power. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and all God's people said, Amen and amen. My name is Yvonne Sims. My name is Yvonne Sims. The question that was asked is, what's the most racist experience I've been through? And as a result of that experience, why do I still love? The most racist experience I've been through was when I was in the fifth grade in Cleveland Public Schools, and the school I attended was extremely crowded. So to ease the crowdedness of the school, there were several classes of students that were taken out of the school, and we had to be bused to a white school in the Collinwood neighborhood, in Memorial, I think it was Memorial, elementary school. It was an interesting experience because we were not allowed to enter the building when the other students entered the building. We had to come at a time when we were entering the building and we were escorted straight to our classrooms and everything that we did as far as the learning experience was concerned took place in that classroom. Art, music, gym, everything took place in the classroom. We were not allowed out of the classroom except for going to the restroom. We also had to eat lunch in that classroom. So we had absolutely no interaction with any of the students at the school. And the school was predominantly white. It's like, why, why do we have to come and go to this building where we don't know anyone and only interact with the people in our classroom and our teachers. 
that came with us from our other school. We weren't given any explanation other than this is just how it is. So the teachers rode with their students on the bus from the home school at the time that was OW Homes on 105 in St. Clair. And we went to Memorial in the Collinwood area. Uh, why was that racist? Hmm, because we were black and the school that we were placed in was all white and we were not allowed to interact with those white students at all. What made the difference was our black teachers, our educators who made us feel that we weren't anything but the best. They educated us, they treated us like we were their own and they that made all the difference for us in the world. Why do I still love? I still love because that was what I was taught. That's what I was, I've experienced more from loving than from staying in a place of hate or unhappiness or unsatisfaction, being unsatisfied about my circumstances. A place of love puts you in a place of empowerment and not in weakness. And I think a place of hate weakens you. So out of love for everyone, I feel empowered to deal with whatever situation I'm placed in. My name is Rufus Sims. The question is my most racist experience, probably when I was very young, we went to, uh, my grandmother lived in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, this was probably like back in the 1950s, a long time ago. Uh, maybe the early 60s, late 50s. And we went to the movies downtown. And uh, I went downtown and went to the movies and I wanted to sit downstairs. And uh, this guy was there. Uh, he, he wasn't a policeman, he was a guy who worked there. He had a, he had a, he had a suit and tie on and uh, pointed to this, pointed to the steps. And I said, well, I don't know, are you talking to me? Why are you pointing to, he, he, he didn't say a word to me. He just pointed to the steps. So I went to ignore him and get my seat downstairs. He stopped me and pointed to the steps. And the people who were with me were saying, okay, listen, what he's saying is we can't sit downstairs. We have, we have to sit upstairs. We're not allowed to sit downstairs with the white kids, okay? And I, I thought that was that just stuck with me for a long time. I'm 71 years old. I remember, when, I remember it like it happened yesterday. So it really stuck with me for a long time. That was really very blatant, very open, and very intentional because that's the way it was in Birmingham, at Birmingham in the 1950s and 60s. Why I still love? I still love because I separated the behavior from the person. The people down there who lived down there were just, they were just tools. They were a product of their environment. They didn't know any better. That's how they were raised. I was upset, I was mad, I was angry because I felt I wasn't treated fairly and I was not treated fairly. But as I got older, I began to understand the people who treated me like that were just merely tools of the system. That's why I, I still love. How many in here today can say that you've maybe had a similar experience? <laughs> wow, some of y'all put two hands up. <laughs> Racism is hard. Would you agree with me? Racism is hard.
It is tough to have these conversations, and sometimes we even wonder why. Why even bother talking about these things when it doesn't seem like anything will ever change, right? There are many protests happening in the world. How many of you all have seen a protest? How many, put your hand down, how many have participated in a protest? <laughs> Amen. Even if way back in the day, how many of you all participated? Anybody ever did the sit-ins or the march-ins or you made a sign or you went to an event? Amen. So almost everybody in the room has done something with regard to trying to stand up for rights of black people or people of color. That's good. Say amen. <laughs> amen. That's good. But sometimes there are those in our world to struggle to talk, to even want to have this conversation. Why talk about racism? Why keep bringing this stuff up? Some people think it's a thing of the past. Have y'all heard that one? We shouldn't keep talking about it. It's in the past. Things are all better today. <laughs> Some people know it's very much still real, right? But we get, can, can get discouraged again because we feel like, is there any real change happening? With those of you that lived back in the day, and I won't go all the way back, but you know what I mean, back in the day, would you feel like there has been some changes? Definitely. I'm hearing some no's and some yeses. <laughs> See, I'm always kind of confused by that because some feel like it's some real changes while others feel like no. Or maybe is it maybe that it's not enough change. It's too slow of a change. Go ahead. Who is racist when you say? Oh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because, see, that's, that's one of my points. You must have read my paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Well, what you're bringing up is, which is very important, is even the definition and understanding what is racism. Because all of us have experienced racism in different ways. All of us would even have different definitions of racism. Some believe racism is about the power. If you control the power, control the knowledge, then that's the part of the racism. Some believe that you know, black people can't be racist. How can we be racist? We're the ones that experience the racism. Others, like what Marvin is saying, believe black people can also be racist, right? So how do we even talk about a problem when we can't even really define the problem? We're all over the place. The big issue for me, though, you all, is that racism, at the root of it, and not just racism, but sexism, genderism, ableism, all the isms. The root of all of it is what? Sin. We can give it whatever name we want to give it, but the reality is, it's sin. What are the sins behind racism? What's the sins? Hatred, jealousy, 
pride, violence, hatred, envy, fear, greed, exploit. It's, it's sin. No matter what. Now, if I said, what's the sins behind sexism? Same thing, right? People who get discriminated against because of their disability. What's the sins behind that? Same sins, right? So the root of all of these issues is sin. So sometimes people will say, should the church even be talking about racism? Yes, we should, because we know the root of it. If we're going to solve the problem, we have the problem solver. Who is the problem solver? Jesus. So here it is. The church should be the loudest and clearest voice when anyone's talking about racism or any other issue our world is facing. People will say, well, we shouldn't be talking about that. Well, yes, we should, because I'm sure Jesus will be talking about it. Amen. In this threaded series, you all, we, we are going to be using two books. Um, the, the first book is called The Letters uh, to a Birmingham Jail, and then it's the threaded workbook. And in the threaded workbook, it says at the very top of our session, our session number three, Jasmine, can you put the words on the screen for me? We're going to read this one together. It says, if you do not. Ooh, it's tiny. <laughs> okay, I'll read that for us. <laughs> if you do not like the diverse church, you are going to hate heaven. Anybody got an explanation on that one? Anybody know what that one means? Heaven is integrated. <laughs> if you do not like diversity, if you don't like other people, you are going to have a hard time in heaven because heaven is definitely going to be integrated. I'm hoping there's even some other colors up in heaven that we might not even imagine. See, I like polka dots. There might be some polka dot people up in heaven. <laughs> Another phrase that's in this session that I wanted to share with you all, you see, now we can read this together. In order for us to bring fruition, the work of the Holy Spirit on earth, we need to catch a glimpse of heaven by envisioning the ultimate outcome God has intended for humanity. We become more aware of the work left to be done and we can find the energy to press forward. Where are we going? Oh, when things are difficult. Where are we going? What is our destination? Heaven. That's where we're going, right? That's where we all hope to be going. And in this process of threaded, we're going to be working on some values. At the end of this series, we hope that all of us are more kingdom-oriented. Say kingdom-oriented. We hope that all of us are more compassionate, that we are compassionate and courageous contenders. Do you all remember learning about that last week? Compassionate and courageous contenders. We want to be more grace extending. Say grace extending. We want to have more confessional conversations. Say confessional conversations. See, that's kind of what you, Yvonne and Rufus brought us to today, a, a real conversation about what they experience. How many of you all have at, at times felt shut down? You're trying to tell somebody your story and somebody shut you down. They're like, that didn't happen. Or they tell you, it wasn't so bad. And like, excuse me, did you experience it? 
<laughs> we also want to be rejoicing always. Say rejoicing always. And we want to have a vision of diversity. Tell your neighbor, have a vision of diversity. <laughs> and so you, you can see we got a lot to accomplish, right? So I want you to know that last week, and I said this before, last week Marcus, um, I mean, the first couple weeks, y'all remember when Marcus was here. Marcus started, started, started us off, if I can talk. And then Pastor Antonia gave us sermon number two. I'm doing number three. Now, next week, we're going to have a pause. Say a pause. Why are we having a pause? Because it's Women's Sunday. <laughs> we want all of y'all to be here. But then we'll come back with sermons number uh, four and five, which are taking the wheel and the headlights. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. Tell your neighbor we got a lot to talk about. And, and it seems like it's a lot of words. It can be wordy. I was looking at that workbook. I said, this is a wordy workbook. <laughs> it's a lot of words in this workbook. It's a lot of words in that letters to a Birmingham jail. Has anyone ever saw Martin Luther King's letters from a Birmingham jail? That is one long letter, you all. If you open the book, it takes up the first 39 pages of the book. Martin Luther King wrote this letter with a pencil and some paper, y'all, in jail. At the end of the letter, he even says, I know it's a long letter. He even goes on to say, I know, you know, but when you are in, in jail, you have nothing but time and thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I was like, wow, he was writing some long letters. But he was such a, a, a deep-thinking person, and God had given him this gift to share this letter. So this letter was this book that we're reading you all, Letters from a Birmingham, I mean Letters to a Birmingham Jail, is a response to Martin Luther King's letter. What if you could tell Martin Luther King something? Like, what if you could send him a letter right now today and he would get that letter? What would you say to him? Things ain't changed. <laughs> Your letter would be real short and sweet, right? <laughs> would you tell him anything else? Think going forward. Would you tell him thank you? I appreciate your work. Appreciate your effort. Thank you, right? <laughs> So letter writing, like when I think about Martin Luther King sitting there in, in jail writing this letter, I mean, most of us in our lifetime, we have written a letter, right? Do you all still write letters today? Some of y'all, okay. Few of us still write a letter. Did anybody send a card? <laughs> okay. Most of the time we send an email or a text message, right? But letter writing was the thing to do. And looking at uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's letter, it reminds us of the letters of the Bible. You see, the Apostle John also wrote a letter. And the book of Revelation was a letter. Often we say sometimes, I hear the kids saying it is revelations or revelation. There's no S on the end, right? So, you know, he wrote this, this letter to the churches the seven churches that existed at that time. And when he was writing this letter, he was trying to encourage them. But guess where he was at when he was writing the letter? Yes, he was on an island called Patmos. And the island of Patmos was where they were sent political prisoners. 
They would send anyone who they didn't like, anything that they had to say, they sent them to this island. You had to forage for your own food. You had to forage for your own shelter. They didn't even have a jail cell. You were just left out on this island to fend for yourself. So this is where the Apostle John is, and he, like Martin Luther King, is writing a letter. Can you imagine? He didn't necessarily have a pencil. He didn't necessarily have a piece of paper. He had to come up with a way to write this message to the seven churches. Isn't it amazing how um, sometimes we can think life is so easy for, for people, but life is not easy. Tell your neighbor, life is not easy. And John had it hard. He truly had it hard. And he was struggling, but he had a call on his life, just like Martin Luther King, to speak up on behalf of what was happening in the world. He had a call to say something. Tell your neighbor, say something. Say something. something. So Martin Luther King was in jail writing his letter, and John was in jail writing his letter. Now, when we think about Martin Luther King today, how many of you all would say he's a hero? How many of you all would think, wow, I would love to sit and have dinner with Martin Luther King? How many would invite him to your house? Anybody would say, as soon as he said, come come on, we're going on the march, would you sign up? (laughs) Anybody was alive when Martin Luther King was here? Did anybody? Did, Did people really like him? as much as they like him now? (laughs) How did they feel about Martin Luther King back in the day? He was a troublemaker. They was going to kill him. What you got, Joseph? No, the young people really didn't like Dr. King. You are so right. The young people thought he was too calm and too passive. And it's even a special about um, Malcolm X. They were more like Malcolm X, right? Right. They did not like the nonviolence. What you got, Hassan? Yeah, some people, I'm not saying no one liked him, Hassan. Some people really did like him. But right now, I mean, pretty much no one would say anything negative about Dr. King right now in 2022. But back in the day, he was one of the most hated men in America. People did not like Dr. King. There were so many people that stood up against him. There was even an elder, y'all. His name was Elder Lightfoot Solomon Mashal. He had a a good name, right? (laughs) He was an African-American that was one of the first African-Americans that had his own gospel television show, and he also had his own radio show. So he was big time, y'all. I don't know if none of y'all remember him, but he was big time. Not, not one black person had a television show or a radio show, and he had one. This man opposed Dr. King so much that he worked with Edgar Hoover of the FBI. Every time Edgar Hoover had him on speed dial, y'all remember the phone, you, y'all know, anybody that had a phone know what this means, right? 
Dr. King would do something, J. Edgar Hoover would, then on the radio the next day, <laughs> Elder Lightfoot would be saying something against it. Y'all remember the big march on Washington? Next day on the radio, <laughs> Elder Lightfoot was telling all the black people how horrible it was and that it was a disgrace to America. <laughs> there were so many people opposed to Dr. King that at one point he wrote, uh, can you put that up for me, Jasmine? Let's read this together. I'm frankly tired of marching. I'm tired of going to jail, living every day under the threat of death. I feel discouraged every now and then and feel my work is in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. Wow. That is deep, right? You see, Dr. King was so opposed. People even questioned if he was a Christian. They even wondered, you know, who is he? They said he was fake, a false prophet. Yes, <laughs> all the things, all the negative things came up about Dr. King. But he would say the Holy Spirit revived his soul. He wasn't calling on any person or any other God. He went directly to who? The Holy Spirit. You see, Martin Luther King had an understanding of the destination. He understood where he was going and, and how he was trying to help other people to get to the promised land. And he even had a speech about that, didn't he? Because he said he's seen over to the other side, right? He's seen over to the other side. And we as Christians be, need to begin to have a long-term vision of our destination. Tell your neighbor, have a long-term vision. Tell your neighbor, we're going somewhere. <laughs> we are going somewhere. You see, my friends, like Martin Luther King, the Apostle John had a vision of the destination. He had an understanding of where we were going. How many of you all know that just like Martin Luther King, the disciples were not liked? People didn't like the disciples. They, they definitely didn't want to hear anything that they had to say. But they came with a message about the destination. Let me share this with you. This is probably my most important point of the day. We as Christians on earth are supposed to live like we are already in heaven. We as Christians on earth are supposed to live like we are already in heaven. And I know you are sitting there thinking, well, how are we supposed to do that, Pastor Kelly? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. What's those fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control right? <laughs> we are supposed to live as if we are already in heaven. You see, when Jesus came, he came to fulfill the law. Scripture says he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. What does fulfillment mean? 
He came to show humanity how we are supposed to live. How we are supposed to live even when life is difficult. Who would say Jesus had a difficult life? Jesus had a difficult life, didn't he? But he came to show us how to live even within the system. Think about it. The system continued to exist, but Jesus showed us how to live within that system, how to be Christians within that system. And because those disciples, apostles, the men and the women learned how to live and love in that system, guess what they did? The system came tumbling down. Think about all those nations that existed during the time frame. The Romans, the Greeks, all of those systems are what? Gone. Because of the church, because of people being able to live in love like they are already in heaven. The Apostle John, when he wrote this book to the, uh, to the churches, there were seven churches. Say seven. Can you imagine that there were seven churches in existence at one time, just seven. And those seven churches struggled to get along. <laughs> those seven churches struggled to get along. We struggle right now. It's thousands of churches, right? And these seven churches still struggled to get along. And John was calling them out. And he was telling these seven churches, he said, some of you are cold and lukewarm. And he said, some of you have gotten all uppity. You got your money and you can't think about anybody else. And he was saying some of them were were under um, persecution. And then he also said some of them were doing the right thing. Which church would our church be? Oh, wow. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, sometimes people walk in the building, I'm like, praise the Lord, you in church today. <laughs> I see two of our, Jennifer Smith is back, and Tony Britt don't walk to the building, I don't got distracted, y'all. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> but what church would we be? Would everyone say that about us? Are we ever lukewarm? Do we ever uh, get a little cold-hearted toward the community? Do we ever act a little bourgeois? <laughs> Do we ever get a little uppity acting? <laughs> we can be all of those churches, right? We can, uh-oh, we can be all of those churches, amen? <laughs> and and uh, sometimes when the church has hurt people or, or something bad has happened with the church, People want to get rid of the church. Have you all heard that? We should just get rid of the whole thing. Just get rid of the whole church. Tired of them. They can't act like they got any kind of sense. But when John was talking to these seven churches, he never once told them to close their doors. He gave them a vision for the destination. He began talking to them and challenging them and saying, look, I know you don't got wrapped up in something you shouldn't be wrapped up in. Can you get back focused and remember we're all headed toward a destination? So I think about it sometimes when we we answer this question about why should we, we work with Bay Presbyterian Church? What is Bay Presbyterian Church? Somebody might not know today. It's a what? 
as a predominantly white, wealthy, in the suburbs, on the way west side, on the lake, surrounded by them big, pretty houses, huh? Evangelical. Some of them got some signs in their driveway. <laughs> I ain't going to say no names. <laughs> Why should we? Because who are we? We are a black church in the inner city, in a rough neighborhood. We ain't got all that money. We know what a lake is, but we can't see it. <laughs> We surrounded by some nice houses, but not that nice. <laughs> so why should we work with them? Why should we work with them? How many of us know some of them racist? How many of us know some of them don't like us and don't want to be nowhere near us? Yes. See, Michael, you, you try to get ahead too fast, Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael trying to remind me of all the good white people. I got you, Michael. I got you. I got you. We're trying to get to the destination. But we really have to talk about our struggles with white people, don't we? How many of us in the all-white something, all-white school, all-white job, you're the only black person you all, every time you look around, that's all you see is white people. So when we come back home, this feels good, doesn't it? When we can be around our people and feel the safety and the encouragement and we don't have to code switch and we can talk like we're supposed to talk. Y'all know how we do, Right? It's hard to go into the world and be around white people. Anybody live in a neighborhood with white people? <laughs> it's hard. It's challenging, right? But why, again, should we engage in relationship with white people? They're people. I'm, I'm going to come back to what Marvin was talking about. You see, because we always make it a black-white thing, don't we? How many of us know where the Chinese folks are? Y'all know where the Chinese folks are. Where they at, y'all? Down on 30th. <laughs> right? How many of us who grew up in like the 70s and the 80s, remember when the Arabs came to the neighborhood? Right? They all the stores. All the stores, right? Little, little Italy, right? Right. So we, we share these stories. We talk about these stories, saints. Because we as African Americans, we as blacks, we as a people, we need to share our pain. We need to have these confessional conversations to get, to get the pain out, to expose the root of the pain so that we can start healing. Tell your neighbors, time to heal. 
it's time to heal. How many of you know that Satan absolutely wants us to stay segregated? How many of you know that Satan is so glad that Bay is way over there worshiping and New Life at Calvary is way over here worshiping and the Koreans is where they at and the Chinas is where they at and everybody is where they at? How many of you all know Satan is glad? How many of you all know when you go to work and you see your white folks sitting over there and you go sit at the black table over here that Satan goes, thank you. When you go to school and you see the black kids in the back and the white kids up front and they don't mix, how do you think Satan feel about that? He rejoice every time, right? How do you think Satan feels when we start to come together? He don't like that, right? When we start talking to each other. When we start inviting our Arab friends over for dinner, or we start inviting our Asian friends over for dinner, when we start actually, you know, doing real stuff with them, how do you feel Satan feels when we start becoming threaded? Agitated. Threatened. Fearful. Like those Christians working together. How dare they? How dare they? When Jesus established the church, he didn't look at male and female, did he? He didn't look at young or old. He didn't look at who had a disability and who didn't have a disability. He didn't look at the color. The book of Revelations, which is our guide for us this year. Uh, uh, Jasmine, can you put that Revelation scripture up for us? Let's read this together. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every what? Nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hand. A lot of times we read this scripture. Thanks, Jasmine. A lot of times we read this scripture and we even see the white robes. How many of y'all have paid attention to the white robes before? You think, why is it white? Why, why can't they be black robes? <laughs> I don't know why they white, but if you in heaven, do you really care what color you got on? <laughs> the palm branches. The palm branches. Does anybody know anything about a palm tree? The palm tree is one of the trees that almost exists in every environment. There are so many types of palm trees that they almost outnumber any other type of tree. The palm tree also has one of the most uses. The palm tree can feed us. You can get you some good oil for your skin. The oil can even run cars. The palm tree provides so many advantages to humanity that it has even been said that without the palm tree, we would not survive. That's how important the palm tree. And look at it, it says palm branches, plural. They're holding palm branches, multiple branches in their hands. Why do they have branches and not just one branch? Why is it multiple? Representing humanity and people. 
We are the branches. Jesus is the vine. Representing how strong the palm tree is. It bends and doesn't break. All of those, but one of the most simple reasons behind it is the palm branch is given to us because Christ is saying, I will supply all of your needs. I'm going to supply all, like a, a plural of your needs, all of your needs. Every nation, tribe, people, and language will have everything that they need in heaven. Everybody. And since we can start living like that now, we don't have to wait to heaven to get to heaven to share with folks, do we? We can share what we have right now. And see, in this book from uh, Revelation that uh, John was writing to the people, he was trying to get us to have a glimpse of what we can live right now today in the world. Tell your neighbor, the church, say the church, is the only institution that stands opposed to sin. Say that again. The church is the only institution that stands opposed to sin. Who else is? Your local bank? Your local grocery store? The school you go to? Come on, y'all. It's got to be something. Something. The community rec center. Anything. Y'all all go to these places. <laughs> you support them. Which one is opposed to sin? Which one is against hatred? Which one is against fear? Which one is against inequality and injustice? Who? Us. And every day, see, every day, every day we get to get up and declare that. Every day when someone questions, you say, well, why are you part of that church? Because we're the only one. Tell you, tell, say, we're the only one. We are the only ones opposed to sin. We are the only ones, and that's what makes the church so hard, saints, because it's a lot of sins in the world, isn't it? It's a lot of sins. But we are the ones that stands against sin. You know, when, when uh, John was writing this letter to the churches, he, he was trying to help them to understand when you're living in this world, if you keep the final destination in mind, you can get through just about anything. What's your final destination today? What does heaven look like? Diverse? What else? What's heaven look like? Pure? Multicultural? No darkness? Being in Christ? Y'all don't sound like y'all want to go to heaven. <laughs> what is heaven like? Perfect. True. No more sin. No more struggles. No pain. All love. No more tears. No more sadness. No more despair. 
No more injustice. There will be nobody that's sitting on that side of town and they poor. There will be nobody over at the Cleveland Clinic Hospital sick and struggling. There will be no more divorce or remorse. There will be no more times where you are hurting and sad. There will be no more rape. There will be no more murder. There will be no more times when people are struggling. Do you want to get to the destination? Every day, say every day. You wake up and you live like you are already in heaven. Because that's where you're going to be one day. So tell your neighbors, start practicing. <laughs> Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we want to be in heaven. But it's hard, Lord Jesus, when we are here on earth, when we see all the pain and anguish, when we see all of the suffering and the strife, when we experience the racism personally, Lord Jesus, when we experience the sexism personally, when we experience the discrimination because, because of our looks, our abilities, Lord, it is so hard to believe that there is a destination. But Holy Spirit, you chose all of us to be your church, to be your people. And every day we get to wake up, Lord Jesus, and we get to proclaim, Lord, that this is not our end, that we're coming home, that there is a destination. So gracious God, we pray today that you would help us to hold on, that you would help us to march forward, that you would help us, Lord, to help somebody else to know you and to count on you. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, saints. We're going to rise and we're going to sing, I give myself away so that you can use me. saints if you want prayer our elders our lay pastors they will come down the aisle and myself and pastor antonia we will come to you and pray with you right where you are
I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. myself I give myself to you my life is not my own because y'all share the best news as I'm walking around. Uh, Linda just shared she's moving and her new house is still in the neighborhood. It's still it's in uh, North Randall. But she's been praying and praying and praying for that house and the Lord has opened the door. So she'll over the next two weeks, if we don't see her in church, it's because she's moving furniture, saints. Y'all might want to offer her a hand. <laughs> she might need a hand lifting a box or something want to say happy birthday. It's funny that Marta and Pastor Willie aren't with us. They were here last week, but they're celebrating a birthday uh, this week on the 10th. Sharon Thomas is celebrating a birthday as well. Brian Parker and Opoko Esther are all celebrating. I mean, Esther Opoko, that's backwards. Esther is celebrating a birthday as well. So we say happy birthday to every single person really want to say welcome back to Jennifer Smith you all Jennifer has been away in the military <laughs> at training and it is just so good to see her you just look all grown up Jennifer <laughs> you look all grown up so glad that you're back and uh, look forward to hearing all about your uh, journey and what you've been experiencing. I know her dad is glad she's home. You're you glad she's home, right, Michael? You, that's uh, Bessie and Michael's daughter. So I know they are glad to have her home. Also, again, want to welcome Tony Britt. That is uh, lay pastor Helen Britt's grandson, and his daughter Zuri is with us today. Saints, some sad news to share. Those of you that remember uh, Joyce Moore, 
Joyce Moore, a beautiful uh, soprano voice in our choir. Her brother, Titus Baskerville. Titus, he passed away this past week. And he had just recently become a member, but because of COVID, we didn't see him that much. So, uh, but he was always faithful to us. And he actually lived across the street uh, in the apartment buildings and was very close friends with Margaret Mallory and many here at the church. So his, he did not want a homegoing celebration, y'all. He wanted a, a meal. He wanted a celebration meal. He wanted us to get together and eat and, and just enjoy the meal together. So as soon as we get the dates and times from the family members, we will let you all know. And all you got to do is show up and eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to go through a full service. You just can go straight to the repast. <laughs> so that as soon as we find out those details, we will definitely let everyone know. Um, if you all look in your program, you will see that we have many meetings today. We have the Women's Guild. Oh, no, not the Women's Guild. The Women's Association, you all meet today? Oh, no meeting. Okay. The Women's Guild is on Tuesday, October 11th. The Women's Day schedule, uh, you all see the schedule in the, in the bulletin. I don't want to mess that up. Grief Share is back. Speak to Pastor Antonia about that. Uh, we do have session this coming Thursday on Zoom. The food pantry is this coming week. And the men are going to bless the women by supporting the food pantry, praise God. So we, we have personally talked to many of the men to come in so that the women can go to the retreat. But if we have not spoken to you, don't think we are leaving you out. <laughs> All men, if you can help on Friday and Saturday, Friday's time is at 10 o'clock. I believe Saturday is at 7.30, you all. I want to get that time right. 7.30 in the morning? Uh, Lorene? 7.30. So help to distribute the grocery bags so the women can go ahead and enjoy the retreat. You see the retreat information is in the bulletin. Uh, the women will be having guest speakers. Tamika Oliver, she's back in the back right there. Tamika is a student at Case West Reserve and working on her Ph.D. Dr. Tiffany Rush, hallelujah. Her parents, Larry and Jackie, are right there. And Tiffany is a, a licensed counselor and already has her Ph.D., praise God. And then Bessie Smith, praise God. She, is a, 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 she has her master's in clinical health counseling. So we're going we gonna to get ourselves together this weekend. <laughs> so if you, if you don't have a ticket already, Lorreen, can they? Oh, Ella? Okay, if you don't have a ticket or you would like to purchase one for someone else, speak directly to Ella. You all can see in your uh, bulletin, um, those of you that remember Adenike. Adenike Mosley was married. I saw her uh, this past weekend. She said that she had been married a whole full week. She was so happy. She said, I've been married a whole full week, Pastor Kelly. <laughs> and so I said, I was so happy for her. And uh, she, shared, she wanted me to tell you all hello. She remembers so many names. And her and her husband, he has like an African-sounding name. I, I know it's Sideway or something like that, Harper. But they are just blissfully in love and on their way to their honeymoon at a tropical island. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you all see that it's a new um, grief support group called Starting Over, uh, a monthly support group for women who have recently lost a child due to violence. 
those of you that remember Abriana, who died, um, she was killed, and we helped support the family. This group is coming as a result of that death. And so anyone that has experienced any type of violent death like that, that's a female, you can see that information. Saints, this past weekend, Pastor Antonia and I went to a clergy breakfast, and we was with the elite of the elite, amen? We met um, Congressman, um, now their names are going away from me, Benny Thompson. He's the leader of the January 6th uh, committee that's right now investigating Donald Trump. And we also met uh, the person from South Carolina, Clyde, James Clyburn, amen. And uh, they gave an inspirational speech, but mostly the message was about voting, going to vote. Both of them have many memories. One grew up in South Carolina, one grew up in Mississippi, and they had many memories similar to what Rufus described of not being able to go to a movie theater, not being able to vote, being hurt. And so they encouraged all of us to go vote. So you all, did y'all know early voting starts this week? So the schedule is in the bulletin. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's that for? Oh, that's fantastic. So y'all know Liberty Hill is right by McDonald's, right on Euclid by McDonald's. And for those of us that have young people, boys and girls, we know that they, they are easily a target for going to jail, amen? So this is your opportunity to talk real talk to some judges and to help hold them accountable. So 6 o'clock at Liberty Hill tomorrow, Monday. But also, if you have not registered to vote, you can still register to vote. Uh, October 11th is the last day. That's Tuesday. You can register to vote and, and vote in this upcoming election. And then you can also begin early voting on Wednesday. How many of y'all plan on voting? Good. How many of y'all plan on taking somebody to vote? See, that's where we slip up, y'all. <laughs> it takes one minute to grab a friend and take them with you. Or you go vote early and then help somebody vote throughout the entire process. I see you out back there waving. Is that Dylan? Oh, Dylan selling popcorn. All right, Dylan. Is it that $8 popcorn, Dylan? How much it cost? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gotta support the kids, don't we, y'all? Gotta support the kids. I'm just gonna keep in mind that it's eight dollars, even when I sign up for the twenty-dollar popcorn. <laughs> you all, the John Brer Scholarship uh, Committee is meeting, so. Y'all see that in the bulletin. And also, if you have a college student, you can speak direct. Is Vivian here today? I don't know if Vivian's here, but her information is in the bulletin. The process for applying for John Barrera for this year has changed slightly. So if you could please contact Vivian to get an application for yourself or the student in your life, uh, you need to talk directly to Vivian Smith. 
and the pastoral nominating committee will be meeting the first Sunday of November. Past Reverend Benesi is still selling tickets for his event, and Jasmine is going to be our very, oh, no, not Jasmine. Donate candy, y'all. Candy, candy, candy. And then Jasmine, share your announcement with us, please. I told her I was going to give her the mic. So I'm in a play, and it's called We Are One, and it is November 18th and 19th at 7 p.m. at John Hay, and it's the tickets are free, and it is, appropri it is an appro appropriate show for any ages, and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you can come Friday night or Saturday night, Saturday night, but the better day to come is Saturday night because there'll be an, an alumni performance, and also the mayor's coming that day. So, yeah. You can go online at CSA, but or you can, it, or at the door. But the tickets are optional. But if you want a good seat, you can get a ticket. But you don't really have to get a ticket because it, it is free. And in John Hay, there's a lot of seats, so there's not really like a reservation or anything. So you're, you can come. Now, if all 200 of us show up, Jasmine, <laughs> so go to csa.com and, and reserve for your ticket. If you absolutely want to be sure, you can get in. Otherwise, you can show up at the door. All right. Did we get all the announcements? Don't forget, next Sunday is what? Women's Day. So let's all rise uh, so we can say the benediction. Gracious and holy God. We pray, Lord, as we depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus, that we would become threaded together with all of your people. No matter what color, no matter what gender or age, Lord, help us to love people, to be kind, to be more generous, to be more gentle. Help us, Lord, to reach across and love others, to live as if we are already in heaven. We thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ. And all your people said, amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today.